God, again, just thank you for this, this chance to, um, to get together. Um, God, just be with those who are um, gone for intercession week, uh, or those who may be sick. God, just be with them. God, we pray tonight as we dig into your word and we see um, the importance of, of, and power of prayer. May we believe uh, what we read, and may we actually put these things into practice and actually pray for other people. And um, know the kind of impact that can have uh, on them as well as us. And may we just dig into your word tonight. God, may you just be glorified. Shame I pray. Amen. All right. Um, there, there's some weird beliefs that people have about, uh, about, bless you, about the Bible, about church. Um, there's things people say like, you know, God helps those who help themselves. You may have heard that before. Anybody, like two of you guys, people say that all the time, that's nowhere in the Bible. Um, there's all kinds of things that we, we hear and we see and, and just in our culture that people believe to be truth about Christianity is not anywhere found in scriptures. And that's kind of what we're going to look at tonight. Um, and so one of the phrases we're going to look at tonight, as you can kind of see there, is sending positive Vibes and this phrase is kind of creeping into our our culture today. You guys probably hear it a lot. You may have said it before. Um, and so the purpose of this series, this sift series, is to take common phrases to address them with with biblical truth. Um, and and you might watch Cobra Kai. You might like that TV show. I love that show. It's a great show. Um, in, in season two, they talk about like the characters like, hey, sending positive. I'm going to send you positive vibes, right? But that, that's kind of what they're, you know, how sending out good into the universe will result in getting good back come around to you, right? It's, it's an Eastern philosophy, an Eastern way of thinking, and it, it finds its roots in Hinduism and, and New Age philosophies. Uh, but like I said, it has some, become something more that more people say, I believe, now. Um, maybe because they want to, they're trying to be nice, and it's like, hey, I'm thinking of you, so I'm going to send you my positive vibes, you know, send positive vibes your way. Um, it may be a good thing that you're thinking of them, but um, but they're doing that thing without praying for them because they don't, maybe they don't believe in God. So you know, I want to, I want to think about you. I want to send you positive vibes or whatever. You know, as you probably know, it comes up when someone's going through a hard time or or is taking on just a big challenge. You know, you you may have said or may have heard somebody say sending positive vibes. So to get back into the second letter of Peter, Second Peter three. Three. This is what uh, this is what he had to say. So knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. So here, Peter reminded the early church and us to sift, you know, to every thought, every idea, every ounce of media that we're consuming, the words we say, the worldview that we're shaping in our minds, the teaching that we're hearing um, through the sifter that is God's word, to know what is truth based on the Word of God. So Peter's urging us not to simply accept or to adopt a certain way of, of thinking or speaking or acting uh, without first checking to make sure what, it, what is happening, what we're saying or doing aligns with, with the Bible. And people have been twisting Scripture for hundreds of years. I mean, it's nothing new that people have done this with. When Jesus was, was on the scene and he was alive, people thought, based on the, the, the Scriptures about who the Messiah was, that this person was going to come in and like, 
violently take over Rome and like kill everybody. All right, that's as we know, that's not what Jesus did. They, they twisted the Old Testament prophets into what they wanted it to be. That's why we have so many cults today because they take they just twist the word of God just enough to make it sound like it's Christianity, but it's not. It's also why there's so many Christians who don't have a high view of Scripture. By that I mean they like that Jesus is loving. That's a nice thing. They don't accept the hard things he has to say. You know, we can't, you and I, we can't do that. As followers of Christ, we can't do that. It's called progressive Christianity. And we need to make sure that we're not swept away by a great communicator just because what they say sounds desirable or smart or in line with what this culture says. Uh, one of the biggest things happening right now in churches and people like my age and stuff is what they call deconstructing, where they're kind of deconstructing their faith and and kind of tearing away their faith and putting it in and and getting rid of their faith basically. Because what they're doing, they're and deconstructing is fine. I'm gonna say that right now. Deconstructing is fine if again you're using the word of God as your sifter. But the majority <laughs> of these people who are deconstructing, they're taking what the culture says God's word says, and they're basing that as truth and not on God's word. And so then a lot of people are leaving the faith and not growing deeper because they're they're searching in culture and not in the Word of God for what is truth. So, you know, like I said last week, I even challenge you just to check everything that I teach you guys every week with the Bible because you shouldn't trust everybody. I mean, I guess you should trust me, yes, right? But that doesn't mean I'm going to teach everything. I could be wrong. I could miss say something or whatever. And feel free to be like, hey, Ryan, you're a moron. That's not what it says. It won't hurt my feelings. I promise. And so, you know, so don't take my word for it. Don't take Wikipedia or favorite YouTuber or TikTok or whatever, these influencers, if you will, take the Word of God for what is truth and not anything we need, what I say, right? So, so I recently searched on YouTube, just the phrase, like I said last week, last week was live your truth, right? And so I found the video of Pete Davidson and Charlemagne the God talking about, you know, living your truth, and it was just kind of disheartening because basically they're their own gods, and uh, they're just hurt and they're depressed suicidal because they're looking for truth in all the wrong places. So this week with Sending Positive Vibes, I again just went to YouTube and searched Sending Positive Vibes. I found a three-hour video that is supposed to raise your positive vibrations and attract positive energy. It's three hours. So Brandon, I got, I got a little clip of it for you. So play that for me, Brandon. That's all it is. Three hours of this. I mean, we can get good vibes too. I mean, it's you're getting that positive energy and vibrations. I mean, that's the base. That's what that is. That's the base. That's not positive vibrations. It's just I don't get it. Yeah, Brandon is sending his positive vibes. I'm I'm receiving that, Brandon. Thank you. I felt it. That's the base, actually. But it's that's what it is. Three hours. It has it's it has nearly two million views. I spent twenty minutes reading through the comments on this video to see why people why two million people were listening to it because you know, people are so desperately or incredibly desperate just for hope 
And this new age spirituality is not going to soothe the ache of sin or suffering that only the good news of Jesus can. One comment said this, Everyone reading this, may my goodwill reach you. I felt that. It felt good. Yeah, that, exactly. I don't want, whatever. Um, and and uh, yeah, here's some more. It says, uh, we are powerful, we are creation and creator. That's nice. We are energy and electricity. We are soul and mind. We are beautiful and we are unique. We are proud to be here today and we focus on tomorrow with every breath we take. You are loved and you are cherished. Stay humble and stay positive. That just sounds nice, doesn't it? I am creator. That's nice. This next one, I love this one. I am love. I am light. I am free. I am beautiful. I am peace. I am me. I am you. I am. It goes against who God's, like his name, Hashem. That's I am. That completely goes against scripture. Another one. Sending positive energy, light, and love to every person reading this right now. May the universe bless you with beautiful miracles. That's, that's how that works. The last one I just want to sending positive vibes, healing, and self-love out to the universe. You are enough just as you are. You want to know the truth? In reality, you're not enough just as you are. Think about it. That, that's what the world's telling you, that you are enough just as you are. And if you are enough just as you are, do you need a Savior? Right? Just logically thinking that, that out. You're enough just as you are. That would indicate there's no need for a Savior. There's no need for somebody to die on, on the cross for your sins if you are enough. Right? Just, I want to make sure you guys understand this. Shake your heads yes if you get it, because this is important. This is just... They're not even thinking hardly any logically down the line. I mean, it's, it's just stopping there. You're enough just as you are. That doesn't, that, that's so dumb. I'm sorry, that's, I don't care. That, that's mean. I don't, I don't feel bad at all. Now, why have so many of us adopted the phrase positive vibes? Is it because we're using the phrase to describe the mood, maybe of a particular room you walk in, and sometimes you can tell when maybe there's some tension in the air, right? Like there's, you know, some heated discussions going on, and you can tell there's maybe not quite so positive vibes. Maybe you can walk in a place and you can see, oh, this, this, there's, there's some positivity happening, right? Maybe, is that what we're saying? Or, you know, that seems harmless, right? Or are we saying it because we don't want anybody to challenge us or to bring us down and give us feedback or initiate a discussion with us? Does it come out of a place of wanting boundaries with people? Um, like the t-shirts that I've seen that just say positive vibes only. I get it. Everyone's opinion is out there, and we can't escape people's opinions. Are we simply saying it from a place of innocence where we want peace and for everyone to get along and we don't want negativity, right? We don't realize how it comes from, from New Age philosophy and teaching. And it's not quite in line with a biblical worldview. I think that's probably most of you that you would see that this is not a biblical worldview. Uh, my friend's friend from high school is having a, a surgery coming up, an emergency surgery. And uh, so I looked at the Instagram comments when they posted, hey, you know, the surgery's coming up. So many people were sitting there saying, sending positive vibes for your surgery. That's a common phrase I read. It's not all bad theoretically to think loving or positive thoughts about someone and then sharing that you were thinking of them. That's right. That is a good thing. Say, hey, I'm thinking of you when you're going through this hard time. That's nice, right? That could be encouraging. It can maybe lift up their spirit knowing someone is thinking about them. 
but it's really sad. To be completely honest with you, in, in a moment of someone's deepest need, they're having emergency surgery, reaching out to the universe is going to get you nothing. Now, honestly, it makes no sense that the people saying it are atheists who ultimately believe that life and death are meaningless anyways. Sending positive vibes would be a placebo pill. It has no power. It just makes you feel better in the moment because you think it's doing something. It's a false sense of comfort. But what if, instead of sending positive vibes to my friend, I could get help from someone who holds everything together? The one who can give us the grace that we need to endure hardship. The one who can do miracles. The one who is well acquainted with suffering. Of course, that one I'm talking about is Jesus, right? Jesus suffered, right? He suffered the worst possible death for, for our sakes, for all of our sakes. And yet, because he was fully man, which is the suffering part of that, and fully God, he also had the power to defeat death. He's all-powerful and yet in, in tune with the human experience. Now, thinking positive thoughts is not a bad thing, per se. In fact, the Bible instructs us to think about these, right? It says, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's excellent, right? That, that's from Philippians. But if we are simply thinking positive thoughts and taking God Almighty out of the equation, we are just in la land and thinking anything could possibly change just by thinking positive thoughts. If someone has cancer and I simply send them positive thoughts and emotions, will, will my vibes, will they travel across the universe and to time and space, however that works, and magically cure those people? No, right? To naturalists, for atheists, why even say sending positive vibes? They don't believe in anything supernatural. You know, well, I hope things turn out okay for you. But really, cancer is a part of natural selection, and you aren't special, and you aren't going to ret you're going to return to dust. So I wish you well. That's basically what they should be saying. They don't believe in anything in supernatural. Um, if you know, if you happen to be someone who believes that way, I don't raise these questions to be condescending. Um, but how do atheists have the capacity to offer any hope or comfort in someone's moment of desperation? I, I contend they do not because to them ultimately nothing matters. It's an atheist is also a humanist, and their goal in life is simply to be kind to others. That's nice. So then they say, you, you know, you're important to me. But still there's no hope to offer because death is still the end of, of this life and existence for a humanist. That takes us back to Second Peter. We're going to be back there in just a second. So again, it's a letter written by Jesus' disciple Peter with some final reminders before he was killed for his faith. He talked about how false teachers had come in and tried to make people believe that Jesus wouldn't return. And Jesus' return is one of the great hopes, right, that you and I have as a Christian. That brokenness and sin and pain and the injustice of this world will not last forever. We believe that one day Jesus will come again and he will set everything right. He will return. He will judge the wicked, not based on whether they sin, but on, on if their heart trusted in the work of Jesus on the cross. God is going to make heaven and earth collide, and there will be no more crying or depression or anxiety or divorce or disease or disaster or death, anything like that. So 2 Peter 3 says, Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days, with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. But they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water 
it perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with the roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish in that peace. We're not like the humanists or the naturalists who believe that this life is all there is. So they live however they please. We believe in God whose love for us was so big that he willingly absorbed his own wrath for us while we were still in rebellion to him. So instead of sending positive vibes to a world that is desperate for hope, Let's connect with the God of creation who is intimately involved with our lives through prayer. He exists eternally, not just in, in the here and now. He is our hope for now and for after death. He is a destroyer of death and the happy ending that we all long for. And where, do you, where do you think the idea of happy endings came from? It came from, from God who, who ultimately decides that kind of life for us, right? It's too good not to be true. I want you to understand is that prayer, prayer is a privilege of God's children. We have, we have a chance, we have direct access to the God and the creator of the universe. I need a smile or something. That's something that's crazy to think that you and I have a personal connection. We have direct access to the God who created everything, who loves us. And we, we say, I'm going to send positive vibes. Do you have a need in your life or the life of somebody else? I mean, you know, I've been trying to text you guys every, every for the last few months. Hey, how can I pray for you specifically? You have a need. You tell me what the need is, and I'm going to pray for you. Even if it's not your day, because I have like you know the first of the month, these people get texted. I have that set aside. If it's not your day, guess what? You need some prayer. Text me anyways. I'll pray for you then. It's fine. I promise. I want to pray for you guys. I, I have access to God. I can pray for you. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to send you positive vibes. Or, hey, my thoughts are with you. No, I'm going to pray for you. And you need the comfort of God to hold you as you walk through a difficult situation. What you do is you pray. In Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life, he says this, We are in control of so little, but when we pray for others, we equip them with the armor of God and love them well. Prayer is where you do your best work, because I do not have control over others their lives, or my own situation. I think of other scriptures where we're reminded to pray. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This should be an easy verse to memorize right here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Romans 8, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I think too often we make prayers just too complicated. 
We let busyness or cynicism about whether God hears us or if it changes anything or our own preoccupation with me, me, me kind of world to keep us from praying. But prayer doesn't have to be a 30-minute monologue. Um, Charles Spurgeon was a famous preacher a long time ago. And uh, this is something I heard I don't know, a few months ago, and it's kind of shifted my, my thoughts of how my prayer life has been going. He said this, he said, I rarely pray for more than five minutes, and yet I rarely go five minutes without praying. You don't have to pray for 30 minutes at a time. It can be a short prayer, but then you see another need pretty soon. You pray for that prayer, a short prayer, and then there's another need pops up. There will be times, a ton of times as you go throughout your day, just to say a quick prayer. Doesn't have to be anything long and lengthy and half an hour discourse to God. So a quick prayer, and then you, you keep going. Prayer also shouldn't be a, a box you check to get a gold star in Sunday school or whatever. We should talk to God throughout the day for a moment here, a moment there, as things arise in our heart. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that parking spot in the front of HUB. That's my prayer a lot. I get it's it's it, you know it's easy prayer. That's it. Thank you, God, for doing this. Thank you, God, for letting me hit every green light. As I'm going somewhere and I'm running late because I'm an idiot. Thank you for still being nice to me. That doesn't be anything crazy. You help me, Lord. I'm about to go take a test. Got to give my grandma peace. She's going. She's going into surgery right now. Help me have the courage to sit by a different group of people, and, you know, uh, and show them your love. It, nothing crazy. Unlike the New Age worldview that believes in the law of attraction, we don't have the power to change things based on what we, we think about. Like the whole manifestation thing. If you say it, if you put it on your vision board, it's going to happen because you manifest it out into the universe. That's stupid. I'm sorry. Our very personal God does have the power to change things. Not us. Prayer is powerful. You don't always get exactly what you're asking for because you are not God, but prayer will change us. Remember that we're sifting for the truth. Sending, sending positive vibes is just fool's gold, like we talked about the first week. So we're going to pray that. We're going to pray, and then we're going to uh, have the praise may come up. And uh, while I'm praying, we're going to sing a couple songs before we get into our, uh, our small groups. I mean, we just see the importance and the power of prayer that we have the chance to have direct access and connection to you. And, and that we can just do some crazy awesome things because of that. And may we believe that to be true. May we believe that you, you move through prayer. God, I pray that um, we become a, a praying student ministry, that we pray for each other, that we're praying for our, our, our leaders, we're praying for the church, we're praying for our friends that, that don't know you, God, that we, we become a praying student ministry so we know that prayer can change things, God, not because of us, but because of how powerful you, you are. And may you just be um, glorified and honored tonight as we sing and as we uh, just continue this discussion in our small groups, God. Give my prayer. Amen.